Good day tea baggers, Mike Hal here. While Will has been recovering from celebrating the Bulldogs' grand final victory, and Charlie has been doing whatever it is that handsome, non-grand final winning team supporters do. I have been remastering old episodes of TOFOP. Here are some new and improved samples. Now with nearly 100% less popping, hissing, and echoes. The content is still the same though. Sorry. If you don't follow the AFL and our other podcast, Two Guys One Cup, please stick around after the show to hear a taste of what Will went through leading up to the Bulldogs' epic victory. If nothing else, it may help justify us taking a week off. The guys will be back with an all-new episode of Tofop next week. Thank you to all of our supporters, and thank you for listening. We're doing this podcast, which... Uh, we don't have a name yet. We don't have a name yet. No. How's your week been? It's been... It, well, it's been highs and lows, chum. <laughs> I will tell you that for free. It's I'm going to pretend like I haven't heard this story. We, yeah. We'll we started this story. story. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let's yeah. get rolling. Yeah, okay. So we're about... like, Could you fake like, the first like quarter? Where I think we're a quarter away in. Yeah. When uh, previously on Will's story, we, we take the first episode of the Gruen Transfer and uh, I went into the Gruen Transfer offices and there was some mail. And uh, official looking mail, like typed envelopes, which always to me just is like, for whatever reason, that says important to me. Yeah. Because like that means there's someone at that business who is smart enough to have worked out how to type on an envelope. Which I have used computers for like 20 years and I like I can print out a page. Yeah. But like the idea of we do you put the envelope even into the same bit where the paper goes? There's just settings. I don't know how. It, I, I don't know. I, like I barely can print on paper. Really? Yeah. Well, you get that wrong. I do. More often than I would like. How do you get it wrong? I don't know. Like jamming. Mostly jamming. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Sounds don't, like you need a new... I don't, I don't mean like uh, halfway through my printing. I'm sort of like, hey, Ben, come yeah, that's on right. in. But it, that's not... I'd, I'd say the fault lies with your printer, not with you. No, no. It's jams. been an issue that I've had with all the printers in my life. That's bizarre. Yeah. Every relationship I've had with a printer has been fraught with the jamming. Yeah, that you know, that's actually a great metaphor. If there's obviously a relationship in your life that you're jamming because you don't know how to insert things. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Okay, so you got you got you got you got some letters this week. <laughs> That's right. I got two letters, and they like if you'd swap the like letter that was inside the envelope, like either envelope would have like you know they both would have looked exactly the same. Yeah, is my point. They both looked official. I've opened the first one, which like I was right. It, it was official. I had nailed it from the look of the envelope. Um, so uh, it was a it was a letter from the Lord Mayor of Adelaide. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I said, wow, as if I'd never heard that before. I know. But I think even on hearing that a second time, the fact that the Lord Mayor of Adelaide has taken time out of their busy schedule to write to me is a wow moment. It is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, there must be stuff that Getting they... a letter from the mayor is like something you read about in stories written in the 1950s. Like, yeah. that's a big deal. It's like a... Th- like... like the Fantastic Four would solve a crime and the mayor would congratulate them. I've got to be honest with you. I think like even a generation before us... That would have got framed. Yeah, probably. Do you know what I mean? I'd like, if so. you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, in a yeah. parents' generation, if the mayor of an entire city, even Adelaide, yeah, like an entire—that's a proper city. Uh, is mayor a real job? 
Oh, I guess so. It's, I don't think they it just... Is, it's not like... Um, it's just weird because when, where I grew up in my neighbourhood, like the mayors, you know, every four years or whatever, there'd be a new mayor. And they yeah. always seem to have like day jobs as well. Like they were, you know, the butcher or the... Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. And they also... So they, 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 they're Bruce Wayne by day. Yeah. Well, it's just weird. I just <laughs> He's the mayor like more, Batman. Yeah, I just thought it was more of a, a title thing. I don't know. They needed to have someone who ran, you know, ran the council meeting. Well, maybe like in a small place though, you don't have time, like full-time issues for a full-time mayor yeah like i mean let's be honest but there's in like oh, but to follow your point yeah if the mayor of adelaide which is in itself a big city has spare time in their day to write to me probably your mayor calendar isn't always chock-a-block no you know like i wouldn't think that i'm like high priority you know let's let's solve these <laughs> mysterious murders that's right that we've had yeah uh let's make sure those balls in rundle mall are still nice and shiny and yeah. uh whatever having that guy used to walk through in his speedos oh by the way uh second matter of the agenda should we write to ando and tell him good on him for the gold logie do you think they do it to all logie winners nick testoni who won uh, best new talent in like, <laughs> 1994 got a letter from the mayor of adelaide oh, they're actually now that you mentioned that you and pluck a duck you and vulcan from uh, 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 Gladiators, yeah, probably got a letter from the mayor. Yeah, well, you know what? Like now that you mentioned, you're in that, elite company. Yeah, but not even that. You know what annoys me is that even though I'm happy that he wrote to me, I'm happy that anyone likes anything that I do. He did say on behalf of the people of Adelaide and just demographically, there's people there who aren't enjoying my work. Like there's people there who really really don't like my work democracy dude majority rules yeah no 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 don't no it's not majority rules don't be like that it's an election I, i'm just saying that he has like dobbed them into liking me as well which is more they, like a dictatorship which they don't like that like they're not into that and i think that's unfair like that means that our mayor whoever that is i don't even know where the mayor we would have but our mayor could be writing letters to people we don't like. Well, hypothetically. And saying, hey, really enjoyed new season of Hole in the Wall. Well, how would you feel if Saddam Hussein, like eight years ago, sent you a letter saying, hey, Will, uh, congratulations on the first series of The Glass House. Really yeah. really enjoying it. <laughs> really enjoying your biting satire. And then signed it off from the people of Iraq. Yeah. Would you be like, oh, hang on. Like, hang on. I know that Saddam is definitely not speaking for everyone. I know. It'd still be pretty cool, though. <laughs> I put it on a poster. Really? Yeah, definitely. Some cut through, man. If you had an, a letter from Adolf Hitler, if somehow Adolf Hitler... What, could, what does it say? Congratulations on your uh, Logie nomination. Really looking forward to the third season of Gruen. Like somehow, because you know how Adolf Hitler, you know how he's into all that kind of weird science and, you know, he's yeah. sort of, he developed some kind of time machine and they could see into the future, but they could only get one channel and it was the ABC. Yeah. And he's like, Gott in Himmel. This Anderson is funny. Anderson. <laughs> Bill Anderson. <laughs> Swedish? Is Hitler know. Swedish in yeah. the future? Well, anyway, so he sends you a letter saying, yeah. hey, look, um, you, know, you know, shit's getting real in 1939. I've just invaded Poland. Yeah. But I like to relax. And when I turn on my time-traveling television, yeah. I see The Glass House. And it's a really great show, man. Would you, be, would you frame that? Would you show people that Hitler dug your show? I'd be like, Hitler, dude, what are you doing, man? If you ever, like, got a... You can't speak back to him. Oh. It only goes um, one way in this uh, oh, scenario. Because I was going to say, if he has got... A television that travels through time. He does not need to invade other countries. He only gets the ABC, though. It can really piss you off <laughs> after a while. There's only so many repeats of Mother and so Son. So many episodes of the bill. <laughs> That's probably where he got the idea for his moustache. Maybe yeah. George Negus. <laughs> oh, man. That is a hard comeback from the moustache. 
Like, is that is there ever a chance that that moustache is going to be fashionable again? Um, I think so, probably. I mean, maybe in like another hundred years. Like, how long? Like, well, there's there, there's no the classic. Too soon. Well, yeah. <laughs> Too soon, For dude. That At Fashion Week, someone rocks out with like a Hitler mo, and it was like, too soon. Well, Mugabe uh, doesn't seem to mind the old Hitler mo. Oh, that's a good point, actually. I think right. if you're an evil dictator, yeah. it never goes out. <laughs> it's always the look. Yeah. <laughs> tiny little, tiny little thin mustaches of the new black. Totally. In you know dictator what? circles. I don't, I don't believe in racial profiling, yeah. but if your son, when he hits puberty, he starts to co- cultivate a small mustache just under his nose, <laughs> I would, I would euthanize. Euthanize? Euthanize. How do you, what, what if um, Jesus came back? Right. Yeah. And instead of that funky beard that we've all sort of got used to him you know glad and about him like he's you know so so, hey i'm gonna lay down some prophecy or then go and perform in my bg's cover act um what what if he came back and he just had a little hitler mo i uh like how how long of him being on tv going hey i'm jesus i'm back here some funky shit that i want to lay down to you would people start going i'm still can't trust the dude who's got the mustache i think someone would have a word pretty quickly to him like Like, okay so when uh, let's say when jesus 12 new apostles are he's got a stylist that's right a manager an agent exactly it'd be be like queer eye for the jesus guy right there'd be a a van load of guys gay guys who come and say jesus like seriously you might want to change that look But do you reckon he would? Do you reckon, I mean, would you say to the Son of God, he's come back to call everyone to heaven and, and throw the sinners into hell? Would you be the guy to say, he's got a lot of power? Is what I'm saying. <laughs> so are you going to be the guy to say, hey, uh, you might want to change your look? Like, that's hard to tell someone who doesn't have the power to cast you into hell. What about if, like, okay, well, okay, you might not tell Are you them. honest? They might not tell you if you look bad. You, you're honest with me. You would, yeah. you would, you love it if I get a bad haircut. Definitely. You'd tell me. That's it's like, I feel like that's lotto day for me. <laughs> what about, okay. Sometimes if I know you've got a new haircut and I've seen it from the distance, I will duck like somewhere that you haven't seen me yet so I can have a couple of moments to think of mean things to say to you so that when I see you, I'm really ready to like belt out five or six. Do you remember uh, when I was first living up in Sydney, every time you came, swung by my house, if you picked me up, yeah. <laughs> I sat in a car, you'd have to give me shit about something I was wearing before yeah. you said hello. Yeah, totally. Well, I used to look forward to that. Yeah. Sometimes I did laps of the block. If I, could, <laughs> if I couldn't think of something straight away. I you know, if again. I was wearing a t-shirt that I really liked, but I knew you'd hate, I'd wear something a bit bad on my head, so right. deflect Distraction. attention. Right. It's called the blue boat mentality. We do it with uh, clips that we edit, because yeah. we know the record company is going to criticise something, so we'll often put in a really bad shot to take their attention away from what we want to keep. Really? Yeah. The philosophy is you paint a blue boat on any painting, the eye goes to the blue boat. Yeah. Blue boating. Wow. Different to speed boating. That's awesome. Man. <laughs> I, like that. I feel like I've learned something. Um, I want to ask, like you said, you might not tell Jesus if he was wearing like things that are out of fashion. Mm. But, <laughs> sandals, dude. <laughs> but what? Yeah. Socks and sandals? <laughs> J-Man? Fair enough. You're doing your own thing. It's very American battle. So Jesus comes back. And we get to meet him. Yeah. Like he's, he's doing some, I don't know, he's doing some TV thing and we get like backstage passes <laughs> or something. Whatever. Yeah. We blag our way in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, you know. Where does he, he stay? He's at the Ivy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Justin Hems probably knows him. Justin Hems. Justin Hems. And if I had him on a list. And uh, he gets one of those private rooms where you get your own people and stuff. And, um, and um, hey, you go up to him. And he has a massive snot hanging out of his nose. Yeah. 
a, ho- so, a holy booger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, it's massive. And when he talks, like, he's saying really, like, profound things, but it sucks in and out of his nose. Yeah. Now, you said you wouldn't tell him what fashion he should be wearing, but if you're in the presence of Jesus, this is your moment, and you're probably never going to get to meet him again. This is, like, your moment. He's imparting wisdom, but you can't, you can't understand any of the wisdom because... And he doesn't notice. And he doesn't know. Does not notice. Okay. What What do you do? I'd tell him. I'd do this. I'd, and for people listening, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a subtle gesture to my nose, yeah. scratching the top of my lip. He's like, "Have you? You want coke?" <laughs> and, and I'm like, "No, no, no, no wait, wait, got I don't have any coke, man. I'm Jesus. I'm high, like natural." Hang on, sick dog. Fuck off. Get out of here. Sorry, that sound you can hear is my girlfriend. It's my dog. Um, yeah, no, I would, I would do this. I'd do the same thing I did to anyone. Because I think if you don't tell him, and then he goes out, just say we're backstage at that TV show you, you mentioned, and yep. he goes on TV, yep. who, who's the first guy he's going to come looking for? The guy who saw, he saw just before he went out. Why didn't you tell me, man? Like, I don't uh, want to okay. risk that. No, no, so why, I would tell why? him definitely. You know that before he goes on stage, he's going to get a final check from makeup. So... And then I wouldn't tell him. I'm uh, terrible at that stuff. I, I was at a music festival once and a friend and I were in the bathroom and we saw this guy who had been beaten up and he was at the sink and he was splashing water into his face and he was all fucked up, all bruised. And we said, hey, mate, are you okay? And he said, yeah, it's a birthmark. <gasps> oh, you So serious? that was when I was about 20. So I think since then I've never said anything about I mean maybe, that maybe worse, that's, that's, that's worse for you though than it is for him right yeah that's yeah, that's what I'm saying because it wasn't like he was like holding a bleeding nose or he was like asking for help he was yeah. splashing water into his face and I presumed anyone who looked that horrible oh. had to have been beaten up I don't know maybe I'm not I'm, maybe I'm not in the wrong it just was it just has made know. me fearful now, Amy, when I Amy and I went to Coachella um we so it's this big music festival out in the American desert, and uh, it, we were staying like twenty five miles away from the festival, but like in the nearest big town. And so we assumed that it'd be like an Australian festival. I love that we assumed. No, go to a foreign country, drive on the opposite side of the road, go to a place <laughs> we've never been before. I assume in the middle of the desert, everything will be exactly the same as it is in Australia. <laughs> so in the morning, we're going out this festival. We've um like. We got, we got in this limo with these people who were just out the front of the hotel. They said we could get in their limo. Brilliant. Awesome. This is awesome. We're sharing a limo out with these guys. We go to this festival. It's 40 degrees. It's in the middle of the desert. At midnight, you know, when it all shuts down, everyone either camps there or drinks and drives their pickup trucks through the desert. There are no cabs. Yeah. There are no buses. There is yeah. no public transport all back to town, which we just could not believe when we discovered that at 5 to 12 that night. Yeah, right. As opposed to maybe any time that day when we could have inquired. And so we've decided, oh, well, we've got to walk to an intersection or something and get a cab, and we're pretty drunk. And when by drunk, I mean high. <laughs> and, and by high. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're walking through the desert. It's like, we've had this massive day. And we're like, oh, my God. Like, we're in the middle of the desert, you know? Maybe we should just, like, sleep under a, like, palm tree. And wake up in the morning and take it from there or whatever. Sleeping in a palm tree, like a Warner Brothers cartoon. Like guys in the desert. You saw a mirage, did you? Yeah. Did Amy turn into like a giant turkey or something like that because you were so hungry? (laughs) 
<laughs> That's kind of what it was like, right? <laughs> so finally, this dude has pulled up next to us in this like pickup truck. Is that a Wolf Creek? Yeah, <laughs> totally right. This guy has a beard, right? He has those tattoos that look like they have their own tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, prison tats. Yeah. But my favorite thing that he has is an eye patch. An eye patch. And I'm like, oh my God. But we, we had this little debate and we're like, well, we can walk for another two hours or we can risk our lives dying in the desert. And we thought, oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> Let's have a crack. <laughs> so I've got in the front and I am trying my best to be this dude's friend because I just assume if we are mates, then he cannot kill me if we have a bond. Yeah. So I'm asking about his family, about his life, about his whole story, right? And Amy's in the back seat looking for evidence, you know, like looking for like, and she's found this like pencil from our hotel and stuff. So like, you know, there's a little bit of stuff that's looking like it might be okay. But the whole time... How did I, he know you were from the hotel? Just well, seeing you in the ca- okay. well, this is like, how would you know? That's why we were suspicious. Yeah. But... So the whole time I'm trying to avoid mentioning the iPad, right? So I'm not even saying the word I. I'm like, we have done this today. Like, you know, just anything. It, I would not mention from the back seat has just come this voice and Amy's like, what the fuck happened to your eye? <laughs> anyway, it turned out he was happy to talk about it. He was one of like five people in the world who have had, well, so he said, who have had this rare form of like eye cancer, eyeball cancer of your eyeball. Oh, God. Yeah. That's like the worst of the cancers. Isn't I reckon it? that would be, it's got to make you finals. Oh. Like, I don't know. Like, cancer in itself. Yeah, cancer bad, in itself. Right? Like, I don't think there's heaps of good cancers. No. Testicular, uh, eye, mouth. Yeah. Anus. Um, all the other people that had this eyeball cancer had tried to save their eye and got, like, treatment. He decided the minute he heard it that he was going to get his eyeball removed. So he got his entire eyeball removed. Right. Was he blind in the eye? Yes. Oh, okay. And he used to be a tattoo artist, but could not be a tattoo artist anymore no because you know depth what? Deception. No depth perception. That's right. <laughs> you can't be a tattoo artist when you're a big bloke with an eye patch. Apparently, it doesn't elicit uh, a lot of confidence. So he still owned his tattoo parlor, but he wasn't able to work there anymore. So he became a gardener at the hotel that okay. we were staying at. Ah, it's all Cause back checking down, out. Down there, they all have um, like golf courses attached to these this in Palm hotels Springs. in Palm Springs. Yeah. And uh, so him and his mates would go down to the local bar and they would do shots out of his eye socket. Okay. Yeah. Would you do it? If you were still scared in that car, like before, you know, you'd figured him out that he's actually legit. Yeah. If he had said, you know, get in my car, son, you're gonna do a shot out of my eye, would you have done it? Like you thought your life of was alcohol. in danger? Yeah. No, what else? Come. I know. No, shot of come. <laughs> I just jacked off into my eye socket. Now you're gonna drink it. Open did up. He, did he jack off directly into his eye socket, or did he have like some sort of funnel or something that? Because it would be well, you couldn't. My point Mate. being that if he is such a good aim. Like, he only has one eye, yeah. and he still has, like, without depth perception and one eye, he still has enough control to ejaculate straight into his eye socket. You don't reckon you could do that? No way! That you distance? Are you serious? Get down low, I mean, I could dude. do it, but, like, by that distance, it sprays out in all sorts of directions. What are you talking about? You could easily put your... think. Could you shoot yourself in the eye with your cum? Wouldn't it have, like, sprayed out a bit by then? Get right... Hang on. Oh, I'm gonna, my head's going to go off mic. I'm just okay. saying to squat down. But that, that's not or, that's not very or alternatively, place to ejaculate. go back on your shoulders so your hips are higher. <laughs> Charlie has a series of diagrams that are available for download. 
It's funny. I have never actually contemplated shooting my eye socket with gum, but but it like well, off save, the top of my head, say if it was like one of those events on Survivor, where like you know, like they're trying to throw water into a bucket, and like you know, <laughs> like you know, like it's and say, so, like, do you go for a slow throw and try to get lots of water in, or do you like, like you know, say you had to like three quarter fill. I think if he got a drop in, that would quantify you having to suck it out. I mean, we're not saying it's to fill it up. I don't know. I don't know how, how much an eye socket would hold. But I, I reckon an eye socket would be more than ample for one load. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm no expert on this. Anyone topic. listening to this, but, if you want to email us. <laughs> no, but can I ask you this? Like, because I don't think, like, I just, I, I'm sorry that I need my, like, um, desert predators to be more, like, outrageous. But I just don't think, he, he, if he'd stopped the car and said, you've got to do a shot of alcohol out of my eye socket... That doesn't seem fucked up enough to me. Like, I would be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. right. So we're cool now? What if he said, is his cum? Well, see, then, I mean, I'd still do it, but. (laughs) (laughs) All right, hello and welcome to 30 Odd Foot of Pod. I'm Charlie Clawson. My name is Will Anderson. Well, how are you going? I'm good. We've got a name for our podcast. I know. It feels good, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's been like a, an ongoing conversation with us for... Well, we've, this is our second podcast. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have a name. Until I kind of felt like we were sort of putting it off uh, yeah. for a long time. Like we didn't want to talk about it because it's hard work. Do you know what it was? Like we came up with names. But it's hard to like stick to something. And this is why I admire parents in some ways. Like when you name your child and then that's it. Yeah. Like that's it, their name for the rest of their life. Yeah. Like, you know, like these, you know, these parents who like, well, you know, let's be honest, Bogans and Hillbillies, but like these people who come up with these brand new names yeah, for their kids. Kanisha. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's like, you're like, oh, that's, that's hilarious. Kanisha. Or, Bra- or Brayden, where they take Brandon. Brandon yeah. Brendaden. I'm going to call my kid this. And then you're like, that's great. That's great. And then like, oh, I, you must just like a month later go, oh. Did your parents ever tell you about um, the other names that you could have been? Did they say, oh, we, before we called you Will, we we're going to call you this or this? Did they have that discussion with uh, you? I, I didn't get that option uh-huh. uh, because I'm named after my two grandfathers. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so my first name is Grandpa. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, uh, William is my um, mother's father and James is my dad's father. So, so there's never going to be, there's always going to be in honour of the ancestry. I guess so, unless like... I guess, like, unless the week before the pregnancy, my grandfather saw my mum and was like, wow, you look fat. <laughs> She's like, I'm not naming my child after that bloke. Well, my mum always told me that they were really, I was, before it was Charles, it was going to be Oliver. And I really have wondered how my life would have been different if I was Ollie Clawson. Ollie. I think Ollie suits me. I could have been an Ollie. Oh, you would have got a lot of please, sir. Can I have some more? Yeah, like, well, I get a lot of Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, Cheer Up Charlie. Like, my name is a cartoon character's name. Like, yeah. it, it's not a name that inspires a lot of respect. Like, the amount of people when I'm walking my dog will stop me and go, Oh, Charlie, that's my dog's name. And it's like, <laughs> Okay, good. <laughs> Charles, on the other hand, like, that's immediate because yeah. of Prince Charles. But yeah. Charlie, no one respects Charlie. Like, there's no kind of chief executive who's a Charlie. Like, Do you reckon he ever went with, like, he ever thought about going with Prince Charlie? I'm sure, like, I'm sure his mates call him Prince Charlie. Or would they call him Prince? I don't know. What's the... No, they wouldn't, would they? Would his mates call him Prince? Prince Charlie. I guess so. I mean, I think if they, if they were mates like our friends, they'd yeah. do it just to take the piss. Yeah. Chuck. 
Did you get? Did you ever get Chuck? Yeah, yeah. A few people call me Chuck. I get Chuck, Chaz, uh, well, Chevy. Uh, what else do people call me? That's about it. Chuck, yeah, Chuck, Chunk. Other people call me Chunk. Chunk. Too. I don't know how Chunk got from Chuck got to Chunk, but I know a few Charlies get called Chunk as well. I don't know how that happens. I don't know. Maybe it goes Chuck then Chunk. It's like that. It's the second well, step. Well, nick- nicknames are. I- I've always wanted a nickname. Like I never had one. In never high ever. Because Charlie sounds like a nickname. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is technically a nickname. What's that Australian thing? Have you put an O or an E on the end of something? Yeah. Like to abbreviate it. So the, the Australian brain already goes, well, he's got yeah. one. He's got one. Yeah. I'm not going to call him Charlie well, O. That's actually not true. I did have a nickname, but it was more of a, you know how when you're in high school, there's in-joke yeah. nicknames. Like you sort of develop your own language. Yeah. And my school had this weird thing. Like, like based on an incident. Normally, well, right? Like, or, so or, that's yeah. why they called you coat or, or just, sucker. Or just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or just a bizarre observation. Yeah. Man who will swallow. <laughs> Uh, but this this nickname there was a oh delicate lips cloth <laughs> velvet tongue. <laughs> no, there was a there was a I went to a, a very um it was a it was a football school. It's like yeah. a, it's a school that produces a lot of football players. So right. sport was at a premium, and everything else was at a was at a minimum. Yeah, and, sport um, then uh, legal excuses for rape. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a Catholic school. Had a had a had a hire a lawyer. So the so drama department wasn't regarded with the same respect okay. as the football team. Yep. And the head of the drama department was this guy called John Murphy, who was um, your atypical cool teacher, the kind of guy who would sit on the chair backwards, oh, yeah. you know, would just like to talk to kids on their level, would swear occasionally just to kind of build some cred. That is, the by the way, just on that sitting on the chair backwards, that is like as you become an adult and realise how hard it is to stretch your legs... Mm that far like I mean you know it's a real effort it's a real effort to look that cool you appreciate it now yeah. don't you <laughs> in yeah. retrospect you're like wow <laughs> like going out of his way to seem cool well, John, was really uncomfortable well when it comes to going out of his way to seem cool we're studying this Michael Jackson case and watching a, a lot of Michael Jackson footage and stuff and when he was teaching the class he sort of stopped and said you know the interesting thing about um, Michael Jackson is the moonwalk it's so iconic but it's basically mime technique and then he proceeded to show us how it was done and moonwalk across the front of the class. <laughs> yeah, and so this story spread. And what the name John became was, if you are someone who's an attention seeker, if you are someone who will do anything to get a laugh, then you are a John. And right. so my nickname, well, it wasn't exclusively my nickname, yeah. but if you were prone to sort of like getting attention, someone would call you, you're such a John, don't be a John. And so my nickname in high school was John. For about two years. So that was the first kind of nickname I had. But it was like a shared nickname. Because anyone who was behaving like that could have been John. Just yeah, happened right. to be me more often than I was. I was also nicknamed John when I was at No I was shit. Sort of, really? Yeah, but that was because I hired lots of prostitutes. <laughs> it, was a, it was a different nickname we had at our school. Um, no, I, I never had a nickname at all. Like, I, I, I never even got Ando. Did you go private school? Yeah. Yeah, there, were, but there was and, boys and, and girls. Would been, yeah, Ando would have been perfect, yeah, right? Yeah, Ando for private school, of course. When I was a kid. When Sensational, was... mate. Ando. Ando. Ando's here. Come on, Sensational. Ando. Ando. Did you used to wear your uh, chambray shirt and yeah. uh, iron-free slacks <laughs> with those uh, leather boat shoes, private school uniform. <laughs> it's like the weird thing about going to a private school is you'd have a casual clothes day and everyone would come kind of wearing a uniform anyway. I've tried to get, like... Ando to catch on as an adult. Yeah, I've unnoticed. But it just has not. Well, that's the thing. When you try and invent a nickname for uh, yourself, like I, when I was about 12, I tried to invent the nickname Clutch. I just thought it sounded cool and it yeah, had right. a C in it. Wow. It didn't work. Yeah, and I'd I would have thought thing. you were clutching something else. <laughs> like, that's, that's bad. But there was always, I thought it was like, it was normally the new kid who like tried to drop a cool nickname on, you know, because you've got no, 
you've got no pass. Yeah. You know, like this wasn't the days of like Facebook and stuff. So you kind of like, you go to a new school. Yeah. You're like, they say this about Darwin, that you're not meant to ask people about their past in Darwin because like people go to Darwin to hide, escape, yeah, you know, right. bad relationships or like, you know, murder trials or whatever. <laughs> and so you don't know Arrest ask. warrants. And that was kind of what it was like at school when you were like a new kid. Like, yeah. And, um, and so you could come to school and you could that you got that like yeah, fresh, fresh start unless there's a couple if it was within the same area because that happened where oh. we had kids going to and from the other Catholic school in my area. But if the grapevine said, you know, the reason why this guy left is because he fucked a vacuum cleaner, yeah. that guy'd be called Hoover within yeah. two seconds. <laughs> totally. And there was a kid called Hoover in the year above us, and that was just like. It was instantaneous. You, you, there would always be some like kid who'd come and go, hey, like uh, my name's Michael, but you can call me Ace. Yeah. Everyone used to call me Ace. Yeah. And you're like, no, they didn't. Well, there was a kid at my school whose nickname was Ace, and it yeah. was given to him by his mother, and it stuck. I mean, it must be like so rare in nickname history, because his name was Adrian, and his mother didn't want people calling him AIDS. Yeah. So she started calling him Ace. <laughs> Fair and it, But it caught on. Like a mother-given nickname... <laughs> Took flight. Like, that is amazing. Circumstances can change that, though. Because, I mean, when you call your kid Adrian, you might call it AIDS early on and thought, well, it's lovely, AIDS. And then AIDS comes along and ruins your name. Yeah. Totally. It's like, I'm sure there were some Sarahs who were called SARS. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah. Um, so, they, um, so the, the coolest one I ever saw at our school, there was this um, kid from um, Hong Kong, like an exchange student came in when we were about year eight. And it was the first time that I'd ever met an Asian person, I think. Cause Cause I grew up in the country. I grew up in the country. Yeah. Oh, no, like the local Chinese like um, restaurant had yeah. Chinese people, but that was it. Like yeah. you know, I assumed you could only find Chinese people in Chinese <laughs> restaurants, basically. And uh, cowering so- from you rednecks, <laughs> <laughs> normally. And um, uh, and so then um, this kid Wayne Wong came to school, and uh, he like. I remember it was about, like, it must have been about year eight. And he, like, he was a new kid. And we all thought he was like an exchange student. And he was dressed in this uniform that, like, you know, when kids have to go to funerals when they're young and they end up wearing like their dad's suit, suit or right. their granddad's suit. So it wasn't suit. a uniform, it was like a plain suit. No, no, no. This was a uniform, but it just looked like okay, that right, because right. it was too big for him. So it looked like it had been bought for someone else and he was just wearing it, you know? Yeah. And he sat there for the first two days and didn't talk to anyone. So, of course, we're from the country, you know? We just assumed that... See, we, we weren't even really racist. Like, we were unintentionally racist. Is this the Mal Brown defense? No, no, no. We just didn't understand. Like, until years later, I didn't understand that we were racist. Yeah. Like, we had a, a black friend who we called Chico yeah. because of those, like you know, brown lollies. Yeah. And we never thought that was, like, n- would have never occurred to us that yeah. calling a brown kid You just Chico, thought it was logical. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, he's brown and they're brown. Yeah. Chico. Yeah. Right? Um, and so when Wayne Wong came along, I don't think we were intentionally being racist. We just assumed because he was Asian and he hadn't said anything, he didn't speak English. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't think anyone, any of us have thought, well, maybe we should talk to him <laughs> see if this is actually true fantastic we've got these two ingredients we've added them together he clearly doesn't speak english (laughs) so day three we're in like uh, i guess like some sort of um english class or something like that and the teachers got done well you know we've got a new student wayne and uh, wayne if you'd like to come up to the class front of the class and tell everyone about you know your, your life and and in our head we're like no this is gonna don't let him do this like even as kids and kids can be cruel like even we were like don't it's a car crash like don't to happen. yeah he's up there 
And we're all just staring at him. And then he did the coolest thing. Like, this has stuck with me from from this day. And this was like, I guess, I mean, this is like 25 years ago. And he's just gone, My name is Wayne Wong and I come from Hong Kong. And if you stick around, you can hear my song. And he just rapped his no, story. No, he didn't. Totally Are you true. Serious? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking, that takes some massive balls at a new school. How old were you? Uh, I reckon about year eight. I can't, I, like, I, it, 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 it's probably somewhere between year seven All and right, year nine. Now, but the, so big, like, the big question 13 is... 13 to 15. Did that endear him or was he then have a bullseye on his back? No, no, coolest kid in school. No shit. Coolest kid at, in school. At my school, he would have got a fucking huge bullseye. That yeah. guy would have been taken down a peg or two, yeah. A guy did that at my high school. He came in grade six yeah. and his name was John Joseph Hewlett. And he said, my name is John Joseph Hewlett. You can call me JJ. Yeah. And that guy was destroyed within like four lunchtimes. <laughs> like, uh, we, had, uh, we had a guy called Randall Campbell, who was American. That was the coolest name. And, uh, and we had um, uh, the other, we had a Schwanken kid called Romish Harry Chandran. We used to have to do this fitness test once a year where you'd have to run two laps of the Oval and they would time it. Like 800 metres basically, right? Yeah. And two years in a row, Romish Harry Chandran sprinted the first lap. And then had an asthma attack on the second lap. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one year there was an ambulance involved. <laughs> I still love it. But I didn't have a, a nickname at all. And I really wanted one. And I did try to give myself a nickname like you did. Yeah. What yeah. was yours? Oh, well, this is the worst. Uh, donuts. Right. Huh. I wanted to be called Donuts. And the reason was uh, that I was um, reading these books um, called uh, Alfred Hitchcock and the Three Investigators. Do you remember those books? No. They were like... Um, Is it like Encyclopedia Brown or one of those... Yeah. Like... Mystery. Um, yeah, they're kind of... Solve it. I think that... Yeah. That, yeah. No, they were a bit older than that though. They were like okay. more like um, Famous Five, Secret Seven, right. yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that, right? And there was this like nerdy guy who solved all the mysteries called Jupiter Jones and um jj yeah that's right and i was like i want to be like i want to name like jupiter so i came up with donuts i'm not really sure yeah, right. what the link between those two is but in my head there was one but I, I was aware see i was smart i was aware that you couldn't just name it name yourself <laughs> so he was my so what, you started an underground uh buzz campaign <laughs> start online a few viral <laughs> no even worse this is what i did i went down to the local supermarket right and I bought one of those, I don't know, like 24 cinnamon donut supermarket oh packets. Oh, my God. Right? Branding. Yeah. <laughs> so then I would like linger at Little Play, <laughs> at little, little Play at lunchtime, right? I would linger eating these donuts. Of course. Like, enigmatically. Enigmatically. Enigmatically eating these donuts, thinking that everyone would be like, hey, Who's that cool kid who's always like eating donuts? You know what? We should call him Donuts. Hey, what's up, Donuts? What are you doing? <laughs> eating donuts. <laughs> so you would, if you got 50 million, would you keep working? Yeah, I think I would. 100 million? Yeah, I don't think any amount of money. I don't really work for money. I work for the satisfaction that, you know, what yeah. gives me. So... I um no, I think I would. I'd work less. I wouldn't come in every day. I'd be the boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe I'd just like What's the most frivolous thing you would make? Like would you put money into research for like ESP or like what's the most fri- like, what would you spend the money on? Oh, that's that's a pretty good idea. Um, cuz you do have quite enough money to yeah. 50 million bucks. You could 
You could fund something. Something. Couldn't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, let's just stop for a second. Let's pretend there's no terminal diseases in the world. So yeah. it's not like there are these charities going, hey, asshole, before yeah. you invest in $50 million in do unicorns exist, how about putting some money towards Alzheimer's or cancer research, you fucks? Okay, so let's just presuppose that there are no horrible illnesses. Uh, yeah. You're just free to kind of spend, spend my money. money on whatever I want to spend yeah. it on. I would, and, and I have admitted this dream to you before, but it's been a bit of a, a lifetime dream of mine. There's just some small part of me that for reasons I can't quite understand would like to become a professional underground street fighter. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's true that's like my dream like sometimes I consider if comedy's not going well like I often go you know what just go now you've probably got enough money so you could survive as an underground street fighter so how would wealth like why would wealth push you into well that? because I could get all the good trainers and shit like Batman but, that, but isn't the single thing you need is an appetite for a fight <laughs> <laughs> or a capacity for violence? No, because the other thing is that like my I, I want to get fit enough that I don't get too hurt, mm. right? You know, so I want to train my body to withstand the pain of it. Yeah, but I don't actually want to be that good at fighting. I want that to be my thing, <laughs> like that I'm really bad, just... and like every time I go into a new fight, someone just wails the shit out of me, and and people are always like, why does he keep coming back? <laughs> But that's like, I'm so into being a professional, like, you know, underground street fighter. And your your fighting name becomes Will Fish in a Barrel Anderson. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And that's what I am. And people always like, and people come to see me fight because I'm so bad at fighting and I get so beat up that that, that's their thing. And and I always have this kind of fantasy that people be like, yeah, whatever happened to Will Anderson? Oh, you know, he's an underground street fighter now. Oh, really? Is he any good? Oh, mate. <laughs> you thought his comedy was bad. Mate, yeah. You thought he died on stage. Come on. Uh, yeah, that's always been like a secret fantasy of mine that I would love to be an underground street fighter. Not only an underground street fighter, but the worst. Yeah. The, the best conditioned, worst underground street fighter. I would fighter like is. to be the worst underground street fighter of all time. And you know what the great thing about that dream is? That's a dream that could happen at any stage. <laughs> You know, some dreams you have to give up because you're old. But there's no age. I mean, imagine if I was like 70. Imagine how good that would be. Imagine going and seeing a big, fit, 25-year-old UFC guy wailing it on a 70-year-old who can't fight. (laughs) Who's willingly in this contest. That's the thing. It's not like... I mean, obviously, it's not funny. You're not against your will. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it's not funny. Hang on. To just go and Hang on, you're under something there. Beat up old people. Maybe that is a market we need to see. <laughs> Geriatrics forced into a ring that they don't want to be in with some psychotic kickboxer. <laughs> I used to, I, uh, oh, I used man. to, I often have this fantasy whenever I'm like, um, when I'm, whenever I'm just running or whatever. I always like go, okay, imagine if for some reason, grand final day, you know, uh, the Saints are in the grand final, and someone goes down with an injury, and for some whatever King Ralph type ramifications. Yeah. I'm, I have to go on and play. Yep. And I often think, okay, could I do it in my 32-year-old body that hasn't been conditioned, hasn't played a season of football, let alone well, 10 seasons a second, of football? Before you get to that, yeah. run me through it from the start. What is the King Ralph-style thing in your fantasy? Because there's always an explanation of how it's come that you're the person that... yeah. You know, I have a footy one, which is I'm down at... I, I, Robert Murphy invites me down to training just to see the boys because I'm a Bulldogs right. fan. And uh, just after we've had a little talk and whatever we've had, we go out to dob uh, a few, you know, kick to kick. 
and for whatever reason, I am just the best kick of all time. Yeah. And Dob like ten of them from fifty. Cut to then, two old guys in the boundary line saying, "Why isn't this kid being drafted?" Exactly. <laughs> Rocket Aid uh, at the end of the year. This is how it works. Rocket Aid then like identifies that and says, "Do you want to like you know um, play AFL football?" And I'm like, "How stringent are those drug tests?" <laughs> <laughs> If you can get me a list of how long things stay in the body and Ben uh, Cousins' explanation for why he never got caught. Um, and, and the, no, but I, so, <laughs> so I'm like, so in this fantasy, they draft me, but we do it in secret. This yeah. is the way it has to happen is that I, they make it out as if it's a big promotion for the club. Yeah. So it's like one of those get a celebrity coach yeah, yeah, yeah. style things. Yeah. So we've drafted a celebrity draft day at age 36 you know comedian like blah blah yeah, blah yeah. it's clearly all you know yeah it's a token position at the club yeah, exactly like number one ticket holder yeah and i'm doing like some media and i'm talking about the boys it's kind of like a real life strawny yeah yeah right and i'm like the secret weapon that are only brought out for big occasions like that that i actually play and that's how the fa- see, see it's quite logical isn't this how james podsy adley <laughs> started his career <laughs> Because it's pretty, I mean, that, I mean, that is amazing. Like I was saying to you the other day, like if... For people who don't f- follow football, run, run through the pod story. Well, uh, James Podsley Adley, mm. is it Podsley? I can't say his name. Podsley Adley. Podsley Adley. He's uh July- We were going to call this show Podsley Adley for a while, <laughs> but we thought it might be a joke that only we got. Yeah. Uh, yeah J-Pod, they call him the J-Pod. He's a full yeah. forward for Geelong and he's a mature age draftee in that he was, tw- he's 28, I yeah. think. Oh. And had never played at the highest level of football, but was at the club. I think twenty eight. Was... Like, is that doesn't really sound mature age unless you're in football. Yeah, that's like right. when you say he's a it's mature like age drafter. Football on modelling. He's eighty two. <laughs> <laughs> he's on a walking frame, but he uses it to great effect on yeah. the field. Everyone else gets paid a wage. He gets paid through rotary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so he's a mature age draftee, but. That he's the story of the year because he's essentially a guy who was a fitness coach or, or something at yeah, the club. Yeah, fitness coach at the club. And they just said they had a spot on, in, in their list and they said, well, you know, this guy can play and he's big and oh. and he's been been a success story. So that's... Uh, yeah, that's but a, not only that, he's gone into what some people call the best team of all time. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. You can understand if it's like... It's not like the Warrigal seconds. Yeah, or, yeah. You can understand if like, you know, at the West Coast Eagles, they went, let's give the janitor a game. <laughs> We're not going that well, but... Um, Anyway, so you uh, so I want to know about your fantasy. How did you end up playing well, football? Well, just on, the, the, just on the, J, the pods, the yeah. J Pod thing. Well, I was saying the other night, if we made Hollywood style films in Australia, oh, yeah. isn't that the perfect subject? But would anyone go and see a film about AFL? No, that's not art house. Or no. yeah, I don't think you could like you know make AFL work in that context because it's not a big enough. Like you know, because it essentially is tin cup. As well. It's like a lot of those stories. Yeah. Like those, you know, because the tin cup is or, Kevin or happy, Cos- happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. It's Happy Gilmore. <laughs> Sorry. So you got a tin cup, a kind of obscure Ron Shelton film. I go to Adam Sandler. <laughs> well, I'd love to see one of the footy commentators like, say, J-Pod, now your story. It's been wonderful. How much does it parallel with that of the, the movie Happy Gilmore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, um... So in your fantasy, <laughs> yeah, in right. your, like you end up playing for St Kilda. Yeah, so it's what I was saying. Normally when I'm jogging, because yeah. like, you know, I'm jogging, I'm thinking, okay, so if a ball spilled out on the wing right now mm-hmm. and I was getting like chased down by Gary Ablett, like, you know, how much have I got? Like, could I do it? Like, how would I be able to be thrown into that situation? So I have the fantasy that normally like it's a pressure game and it's just say, you know, just before we go out, for whatever reason, I haven't thought back as far as you to give it a backstory or a reason to be mm-hmm. there that I'm just there and then I get brought on. And then I think about it and it's like, 
I could, this could be the most humiliating moment of my life. Like most likely the most humiliating moment of my life because I don't think I could even barely physically compete with any of those guys. So what would be the point of me being out there? Like my brain then goes into what the response, could I, could I make, could I at least put up a show? Could I at least just back into a pack, you know, with mm. courage, even yeah. if it kills me? Because I'm not going to be able to compete, am I? Like those guys would no, annihilate. You'll get killed. That's right. So would you take that chance though? Would you do it? Damn straight I would. But I would love it. Really? Yeah. But what happens if like you have, like you're terrible? What's the worst thing that happens? You're terrible. Who cares? I'd run at the Olympics tomorrow. Really? Yeah. If they just said, oh, we've got a spare spot. Like, if you want to run in lane nine <laughs> against Usain Bolt and all these dudes. Yeah. I would love that. Well, what would you rather? I would get beaten by like 60 metres. What would you rather? You either ran the 100 metres at the Olymp- next Olympics mm. or you got on stage with the Rolling Stones and had to do a guitar solo. Oh, you have to choose I, and one I can't of those. play guitar. And you can't play guitar. Oh, I can run. <laughs> so I'm going to go to the Olympics. <laughs> But you're, I, like, I would argue, you know what I mean? like, I would, at least like can run. <laughs> but I would argue compared to those athletes that your running would look just as bad as me trying to do a Keith Richards solo. No, I don't, I don't agree. Really? Like, because I'm not ruining. You would get a stitch halfway down, 50 meters into the race. People think that would be funny. Oh they would. They'd enjoy it. You have disgraced the Olympic Games, Mr. Anderson. If at the you Olympics... You've turned this into a circus. You cannot tell me that if at the Olympics there's eight of the finest... The fi- eight fastest men on the planet. Eight of the finest men? Well, they are fine men. Okay. They're like it's not a beauty contest. Amazing physical <laughs> specimens. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> if that you do. It was like a beauty contest. They did the 100 metres. And then a bikini section. Uh, yeah, <laughs> then the bikini section. Pretty then... much is a bikini section. When yeah. did that become okay well, yeah, in when... athletics that you, when you finish the race, you immediately strip down? Oh, yeah. What the fuck is up with that? Like, how did that, that Those just guys happen? Pretty... I would not even wear any clothes if I look <laughs> like that. I never, I never wear clothes if I look like that. <laughs> just refuse to run clothes. Like, man, why would you? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you look that good. If you look that good. It's like those people who put covers over their cool cars. Yeah. Show it off, man. Show it off. Isn't it weird? Like, when you look back at movies in the 60s and 70s, like, the hero isn't buff. Like, no. do you, there was a time when, like, men... People weren't buff. Men, women weren't buff either. Like, no. women didn't have that look that they have now. I saw that film, um, Finding Woodstock. Finding Nemo. No, <laughs> I saw that one too. Yeah. No, Finding Woodstock, it's an Ang Lee film about... Yeah. how Woodstock came to where be where they lost Woodstock and they had to search for it in the ocean <laughs> that's right <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres played uh, yeah. I don't know yeah. um, but in that film they were saying that they had a really hard time casting it because it's Woodstock so they needed a lot of nudity and hippies and stuff and oh, they yeah. found it hard finding people A who weren't really buff and yeah. B had natural breasts oh yeah that's a I mean not that it was the only sort of historical discrepancy in, the, in Scorpion King but <laughs> But I remember that, that was the rock one, wasn't it? Yeah, Scorpion yeah. King. Um, I was just, my first thought was, oh, wow. They have a gym back in, in ancient <laughs> times. They had gyms, breast implants. And steroids. And steroids. <laughs> and, and, and everyone had bikini waxes and eyebrow waxes. Yeah. I was like, wow. It's like when you, you've seen 300. Yeah. 300 is like the most action-packed gay movie. <laughs> gay porno I've ever seen. If you were gay... Like, would you have a problem dating a guy who had a bigger dick than you? Because uh, surely that's got to be an issue, right? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I guess 
It's depends. It's not something you have to do, worry about with your girlfriend. No. Well, <laughs> well, not physically. If there physically is, yes, but uh, maybe I'm metaphor- refer to you as a. <laughs> I'm going to refer to a film, a documentary called The Crying Game. That you can, uh, I, look, I, I think I would. I wouldn't. I don't think it would be any different to a fucking like if you're in a relationship with a guy, if it's just a guy you play football with, and I don't think it changes the context that much, whether it's like a platonic thing or whether you're lovers. I think it does. You reckon? Definitely. Penis size, particularly as like. But I don't think it's any. They're going to have like. But I don't think it's any. Penises are going to be like used that you don't have that in a. No, but you were saying, would you be intimidated by a boyfriend with a bigger dick? Yeah, I'm telling you, men in general with bigger dicks, I'd be intimidated by. So it doesn't. Yeah, but you don't see men with bigger dicks in your bed every time I close my eyes, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, that's that's why you want to play for St Kilda in your fantasy because <laughs> you get to shower with Sorry. all these men. <clears throat> um, yeah, I just uh, it's interesting. It's it's it makes things even more difficult. I would think there'd be advantages to it. Like I can understand, you know, you, know, you can watch the footy with them. And well, I've always thought if you had a, if you had a twin, that would be cool. I'd li- like if I had a twin. To be brother, gay with your twin? Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, dude. No, if you had a, if you had a twin, I always thought it would be good. Like no, not if you had a twin. If you had a clone that was like vegetative, right? So like basically something that looked exactly like you. Yeah. That you could try different clothes on and try haircuts and, you know, just look style looks on just to see how goofy they look because... Right, so kind of like multiplicity. Yes. <laughs> yes, like the, the copy of the copy, multiplicity. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I would like that. I would like a, I'd like a, a clone yeah. that I could just style things on and look at, like a human Ken doll, right. me. So would I know you, what. Would you look, do anything else with it? Well, not well. I'd put weight on it. I'd feed yeah. it to see what it looked like when it put oh, on fat. weight. Yeah, make it fat. Yeah. Just to get an idea of you know, a, a trial me. Right. <laughs> a practice you. Maybe I should just get one that can talk and mm. walk because then it is multiplicity and then yeah. I don't have to do anything again. Mm. I don't know what else, would you do? You want a clone? Would you have a vegetative clone? No, it feels a bit weird to me. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't fucking as <laughs> it feels, But I'm not into it. Like, even if I had heaps of money what, or like... Uh, for a day, for a day. For a day? Why don't I do it for a day? You just try and close on it and see if it gets fat. Okay, what about a clone that isn't vegetative, like a one that can converse with you? Right, so... He has, he has your memories until the moment... It's, it's a new personality from the moment you decide, so... Right. We can leave the room now, mm-hmm. and then we come back in, and your yeah. clone's sitting there in that... He has only memories from that moment. Would you yeah. want that? So you've got the same history, but... Do different. I have to teach him shit? No. Oh, no, we have no, the same yeah. history. Same okay, history, but yeah. you're divergent from the point I introduce right, so you. I'm not interested in teaching anything. Um, no. You don't want to meet yourself? Too much pressure, man. But okay. You could do better than me at being me. Imagine how undermining to your confidence that is. I'm not sure that I'm very good at being me at the best of times, and I'm the only one who's having a crack at it. But he kind of... I don't want other people having a go at it and doing it better than I do it. But he is you. Yeah, but he's not. He's like, he's, you know, I will 2.0, you know what I mean? Like... But if you meet him for an hour... He's a chip off the old block. <laughs> if you meet him for an hour, it's only one hour divergence. Oh, it's an hour. No, well, let's say it's an hour. Let's yeah. say you, you can meet f- with your clone for an hour. Uh, what uh, do you think that conversation would be like? Because you're essentially coming from the same What am I talking part. to him about? Well, you decide. It's you you're talking to. Why can't I just talk to myself at home without going to all this fuss? Because it's not a divergent consciousness when you talk to yourself. Right. You know how you're But what am I going to learn from me? We both have the same history. I don't know. I'm just asking if you're interested in doing it. No. 
Why? You don't like yourself. I've just, no, I've just got other stuff on, mate. For an busy. hour. <laughs> I'm busy. It's an hour. Oh, to yeah, talk but there's going to be planning involved and stuff. What do you mean? Like, this shit doesn't come together. No, no, I'll take a blood sample. All right. When you come back next... Oh, no. No, no, next week, come back. Yeah. He'll be in a cocoon. Right. And I'll hatch Where him. Where are you getting from a cocoon the moment. from? Uh, hard rubbish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I told um, you, it's really good in my area. The hat stand yeah, yeah. and now a cocoon. No, that's a good point. Um... You would oh, be I suppose, cu- I suppose, be, that, well, yeah, I suppose that we would, but, would, but it wouldn't be list, on my list of priorities. You could kiss yourself. <sighs> yeah. I don't know, it just doesn't, I could kiss my elbow, you know, like, you know, I don't know, I'm not, no, it doesn't really appeal to me. Really? No. You wouldn't be curious just to see what you look like. Well, how about this? No. Do you reckon... Maybe to hear my own voice. Okay. Because you know how you're not quite sure if you hear your voice the way other people hear your voice? Like, because yeah. when you're on, like, podcast or... On the telly or whatever, it always sounds a bit different to what you think it sounds like when it comes out of your mouth. Well, essentially, being on TV is kind of like having it's like having a visual clone because well, I could sit at home and get stoned enough to talk to myself. <laughs> Excellent point about advertising. Can you tell me? Can you tell me more things about what are the other six signs of aging? Will please go on. Well, no, I'm talking more about the fact that when you are in front of the camera and you're doing a bit to Gruen or whatever, yeah, that you have an idea of how you're looking and how you're presenting, and then you watch that back. And you see something completely different. No, that, that is true. So that is essentially what, you know, my... That's why I don't thought. watch it back. <laughs> Do you want, not watch your own I stuff? I don't want to know. No, I haven't watched any of this one. Um, I, in the first couple of series, I'd watch every kind of third or fourth one because like, I felt like I should in case, like, you know, snot was flying out of my nose or I was doing something really weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I don't tend to. I don't really like it. It makes you I've watched my DVD. You haven't? No. And that's been out a year now. And... You know, I didn't sit in the edit or anything. I just, I can't do it. I don't like it. I do, um, yeah, I, I, I think I will one day, but not right now. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Does it make you self-conscious? Yeah, I think so. Like, I certainly don't like, you know, look at it and go, fuck, I wish he was cloned so I could have a conversation with him. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish Charlie had found a cocoon in hard rubbish. <laughs> And I could go around to his joint next week and then we'd have me in a cocoon and we could have a conversation with right, each other okay. about fingering. All right, it's not a cocoon. What? How about this? Do no, you reckon... Yeah, no, you're right. The cocoon was the issue. Do you reckon if you... Uh, if I could send you back in time to uh-huh. where you grew up, to when you were a 10-year-old... All right, yeah. Do you reckon... Do you reckon that you'd recognise yourself as a kid? Like... Oh, just, where are we? You're just in, well, in where the have you sent somewhere. me? Just, uh, just say I've sent you to kind of uh, Melbourne. Right, and I've said. Like, so you've invented a time machine that goes just that, to Melbourne, that, that can send on someone the... back in time twenty six years, but can't get them to the country. It can only get into Melbourne because it only goes to major cities. But you have told me that on this day that you will be at this location because you remember you went to get uh, um, Brian Royal to autograph your footy jumper at Eastgate Shopping Centre. So I said, Will, I can transport you back there. Yeah. All right. Do you reckon that you'd be able to pick yourself out of, from a crowd? Do you know what you look like as a kid? Yeah. Do you reckon if you walked past each other that you'd pick yourself out? Uh, well, he wouldn't recognise me. but You'd recognise him? I'd recognise him. Do you reckon if you were a 10-year-old, Will, you'd recognise you now walking past? That you'd get some kind of feeling? Oh, like some mystical, oh, that's me. Well, do you think just if you saw you... Like, think back to when you were 10, if you saw you walking past, do you think that you'd realise that was you growing up? No. No, I don't think so. Really? No. Why is that? Do you think you, you were? Yeah, I haven't changed that much. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't look that much different. <laughs> Still got tiny little hands. I, when I was a kid, I looked exactly like DJ from Roseanne, like bowl haircut, like yeah. a little Mr. Spock. That's exactly what was I was Was that like. your look at school? Like the I, didn't DJ know, I didn't know. That was my look up until I was about 14. Right. And then I found out you could part your hair. Right. I always thought that people were born with their hair parted one <gasps> side or the other. And I used to get really annoyed that my hair just grew straight down. And then someone said, you know, you can just part it with a comb and comb it to one side. And I was like, you're shitting me. <laughs> you just didn't know. I didn't know that your hair, people parted their hair. I thought it grew like that, like that. It grew with a part in it. And I was like, oh, I'm so jealous of John. He's got the fucking part that goes down the side and he can flick his hair. It looks so cool. And then someone said, why don't you just grow your hair longer and part it on the side? And I had no idea you could do that. <laughs> So it'd be easy to pick me if I went back in time because you'd see that kid on the blue bus <laughs> licking the glass. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Poor you. Yeah. Well, you obviously knew. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you could part hair. I, I went to a very good school, Charlie. They taught us all the stuff. Like how you could part your hair. The thing that gives me confidence, like the thing that gives me genuine confidence going into the season is most of our guys are the right age. Yeah. Like most of them are like coming into the time where, you know, over the next few years they should be at their best. And I think we've got a great coach. But here's what's getting me to sleep at night at the moment, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, Hawthorne won their first premiership, 1961, against the Bulldogs. They had not won a premiership before that. They've won a dozen or so. A dozen, 13, whatever the fuck they've won since. Right? (laughs) One every third, three years, fucking whatever it is since. So they're going for four in a row this year. History, right? Big stage. Hawthorne on the biggest stage. Running out against them, the Western Bulldogs Football Club. The the champions, the heavyweights, maybe the greatest team of all time. Up against... The pups. The pups. The kids who weren't meant to be there. The ones who were meant to finish last. The one whose captain's playing at another team. The one whose Brownlow medalist is playing at Essendon. This team, up against them on grand final day with a chance to finally avenge 1961 where it all started and broke <laughs> the fucking curse. That's that's what I predict this year. That's that what I, that's what I feel like. Appearance. Yeah, last time. Okay. And Hawthorne have won fucking a dozen cents. So I think us breaking them going for history would be the perfect, you know... A uh, uh, curse breaker. Kind of curse breaker. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's okay. our Hawthorne curse. And we're going to break it this year in the grand final. That's, uh, my, that's my prediction. And that's the thinking that's kept me supporting this club <laughs> for 42 years. You can't underestimate how fucking awesome the Swans are. The Swans have proved over the years that they can they can steal one or win one, you know. And I think Sydney are awesome. If you are a fan of the Sydney Swans, this just must be a great time. 
Whereas everyone with Sydney, it's like, oh yeah. Like, if they won the Premiership, you'd be like, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely real in real contention for this year's flag, you've got to say. This is where Murphy looks like his knees twisted, that left knees twisted. You're just hoping it's medial and not, not the crucial. To your point, Dennis, even if the dogs won today, they'd lose now. Because this is the year, it's reverse the curse. My heart has been broken, Charlie, by football once again. Once again, this game I give so much love to has taken from me. Because this is the year, it's reverse the curse. The back of his left leg with his right foot because of the contact from Savage. It's the Nathan oh, Brown injury of many years ago. The rest of the uh, Richmond Football Club, Chris Newman, did the same thing. Because this is the year, it's reverse the curse. the most shocking fucking year for injuries that you could possibly imagine in a year where it's so wide open and that I have to think that us at our best the way we're playing could have had a crack at it oh, this year 100% I can't even give up on them now because they've just done so fucking much and overcome so much this year that I can't fucking even give up on them now it's been reverse such a good curse. year reverse the curse Reverse the curse. Yeah, reverse let's start it now. Everyone starts standing. Reverse the curse. The finals journey is underway. Opening bounce. Roughhead taps it down. Liberatore. It's hard forward. There seem to be dogs everywhere. Numerically, they've got the advantage just about all over the ground, it seems. Play hustle. No how well you played last week or ten weeks ago, it's how well you play on the night. And uh, Bulldogs have come and played really well, and the Eagles just haven't. The Dogs are going to have to bring that pressure tonight because if you allow Hawthorne to control the ball, we know the damage that they can do. 95% of people sitting out there watching the game are wanting the doggies to win this game. But tonight, it's writing that the Western Bulldogs are through to a preliminary final. Prelim final for Spotless Stadium. GWS, Western Bulldogs.
I can't give up on him now. They've just done so fucking much. And overcome so much this year. This is the year. Reverse the curse.